Welcome to the Digital Forester Podcast, where we talk to foresters about how they are using digital technologies in their day-to-day forestry work. All right. Well, welcome, Phil, to the Digital Foresters Podcast. So much, Thanks so much for joining us uh, today. How are you doing? Well, thanks for inviting me, uh, Kevin. I'm doing really well. Uh, it's a nice sunny day down here near Lake Ontario. And uh, how's things up in Ottawa? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, you know, the, uh, this year allergies have been uh, pretty bad, so I'm normally not, uh, I don't have too many problems with them, but this year it just seemed to be uh, giving me uh, giving me grief. Today is one of those days, so if you see me dabbing uh, using a Kleenex, uh, apologies in advance, but uh, yeah, I can't complain. It's a beautiful day going into the weekend. We're opening up in yeah, Ontario. Numbers are down. COVID numbers are dropping. So Absolutely. So were you at the bar at 12.01 a.m. this morning uh, <laughs> no, at the no, patio? I'll, I'll wait a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but we're having our my son, son-in-law's uh, birthday was yesterday. So we're having them over and we're going to actually nice. now allowed to have a dinner on our back deck with them. Two different tables. Right. Um, but it'll be nice to see the grandkids and so on. All yeah. So. yeah, absolutely. Talking with a lot of people, it's been a hard year. Uh, with uh, especially grandparents not being able to see. I think with ours, if we don't head uh, out to the prairies until next summer, it'll be like two and a half years uh, of missed window. Yeah, for grandma and grandpa there. Uh, so yeah, it's shocking when you, you run the months together and, uh, but we yeah. do what we can do. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, so you're the CEO of First Resource Management Group. Um, uh, kick things off for us. Uh, how'd you get into forestry? Tell us that that journey for our, our listeners. Well, I actually, the world. Uh, you know, tried to avoid forestry when I was a young man. <laughs> I was in university and I was uh, um, interested in statistics and zoology, and uh, but the statistics got me into management consulting, and that brought me into the forest industry. And so, kicking and screaming, I got into forestry. Um, and I guess I've been in forestry for about twenty-five years now. Uh, and this company we set up because uh, the original group of people were a client of mine. And I drew up the uh, doing a lot of work in the forest industry right across the country. Uh, and I, I drew, we had dinner at a Chinese restaurant uh, with uh, my partner, Alan Foley. And I drew up something on the uh, proverbial napkin at a Chinese restaurant and said, if you do this and that and that, we can grow a company. And we did this and that and that. And then that was January 1st, 2010, we launched. So so that's how I ended up uh, in, in a CEO of a forestry company. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's amazing that uh, some of uh, you know best entrepreneur stories that comes from a napkin in some yeah. shape and form. And yeah, I've 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 chatted with your partner Alan. They're great. You two are great guys. Um, so for the the audience, um, I think FRMG is a little unique because you're also uh, managing, playing a management component, a steward land management component, but also a technology side. So maybe for our listeners. Uh, tell us what's at play because I think it's unique. Like you're living, breathing forestry on the ground, so maybe. Yeah, that's, uh, well, thanks, Kevin. I mean, that's an interesting question. And so we actually have three divisions. We have the we have forest management, with carbon forest carbon, and we have the sky forest division. And uh, so when we started the company, one of the ideas we had is let's get into forest management, which is how we started. And uh, so we currently manage uh, in varying degrees, but quite quite high degrees, uh, about eight million hectares of crown forest across Ontario. Eight million. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's Ooh. that's that's about a fifth of the uh, of the industrial, uh, you know, what's industrially uh, used forest in Ontario. Currently, um, we're playing a significant role in the forest management and the sustainability of those forests. But the idea of getting in there is let's 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 get good at that, and while we're there, we'll see opportunities um, for other things that need to happen. And the first one we started actually was our forest carbon business. We've done the largest 
afforestation project in Ontario sequestering 77,000 tons of carbon offsets. Wow. And, um, and that's picking up and that's something we continue to do because we're, we're uh, you know, using our forest management experience on private land. So we replant trees on, um, on fallow farmland and, and get agreements with landowners to generate the carbon offsets, which we sell in the voluntary market. Then the Sky Forest came about because um, I noticed our foresters were always complaining about the quality of the uh, forest resource inventory. You know, when we were writing the Temiskaming Forest uh, Forest Management Plan, it was 30 years old. And, our, and the, um, you know, when the guys are out logging, uh, they're saying, you told me it was going to be hardwood here and there isn't any. You told me it was going right. to be softwood and there isn't any. So at the same time, the Ministry of Ontario Ministry of Natural Resources had flown, you know, the new stereo imagery just a few years before, but it was because of the format of the files, it wasn't something people could easily look at. Right. Um, you know, it wasn't the JPEG, right? Um, and so they were saying, we need you to guys to, to, to compress these images so we can look at them easily. And I thought, once the, my background in statistics kicked in, you don't have enough information and you want me to compress really high resolution imagery, something doesn't compute. There's got to be information in that imagery that we can use to give you the information you need, right? Right. So, right. Um, so that set us out on a quest um, to try. So, so I guess our- thinking, thinking for some of our audiences that may not be familiar, uh, Ontario, um, you know, the innovation side was digital imagery, oh. correct? They're flying uh, stuff, so it was kind of going from traditional photogrammetry into uh, stereo digital uh, photogrammetry, and and that's what you're talking about as you're saying, you know, Ontario is doing this. Um, yeah. And you're identifying challenges, I guess, opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So in the late 2000s, they flew um, digital stereo uh, photography um, with the purpose of just doing more photo interpretation. And, you know, that took a long time to do. And when we finally got it, there was a lot of issues. There's, you know, you just can't get consistency with photo interpretation. It depends on who it is, did it, and which company did it. And you, you actually see on the map sheets, you can go from one map sheet to the next, and the polygons are all different. You know, right. Map differently, right? So like, right. how does that help, right? So I was putting, hearing all these problems and said, there's got to be a better solution. We couldn't actually extract that much from the digital aerial photography that the government had collected. There was a number of issues with it. Uh, quality control issues. So we said, well, let's try satellite imagery. And then we connected with um, some very bright academics um, and we developed uh, Skyforce. We've got two patents on it. And we're now um, literally doing it from BC to Newfoundland. Yeah, so maybe maybe walk me through. So so I've been looking forward to this conversation with you. So uh, we, we kind of joked on some earlier calls. It's like, even though we're, we're what, a five-hour drive from each other, it's it's we only see each other, whether on Vancouver or Helsinki or something. I think yeah. the last time I saw you, we were in Helsinki uh, in Finland, and I had a hotel room with air conditioning, and and you did not, and it was not that pleasant for you there, but that that's a whole other Well, it was not only that, but, uh, but uh, it's it's... We couldn't find a hotel room, so Yves Vivier, who's our vice president of forestry, was in the same hotel room as me yeah. at 24-hour daylight. So, like, you know, I, I ended that week with maybe two hours sleep a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty rough. Yeah, certainly in our younger days, maybe bunking with someone uh, works, <laughs> but uh, I don't know about you, but I, I'm kind of past that stage. It's like I need uh, way past it, way, way Ab- past it. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's a running joke for our listeners that, that Phil and I chat more abroad than, than in our own home province just a few hours drive uh, away sure. so maybe walk us through like because it's unique for a company to hold patents uh, this is pretty advanced technology spaceborne remote sensing applying different types of geospatial techniques um so maybe walk us through 
that process of, I know you mentioned you partner with some academics and stuff, you have patents, but maybe share with the, the listeners, uh, you know, was that easy peasy walk to the park, everything? No, went, no, no, no. Was, um, you know, um, there was a lot of failures, like a lot of attempts that didn't work. And uh, everyone was a learning experience. And I remember the first time when I got the first results, you know, it was, it was the first uh, like six or seven months of R and D we had, we had people out in the field all summer. We hired, we hired the, uh, forest techs or I guess forestry students probably we had them out all summer collecting field data we, we, we you know we wrote a whole lot of code we you know we did everything we had and then we said okay churn it out we looked at it and it didn't work and you know I remember that night I just was like oh my god totally depressing like you know we spent all this time but then we fixed it and it's been like that all along and you know we just keep coming up with new ideas and uh, we've had some really demanding clients like we've done um uh, a good part of the forest resource inventory for the government of Saskatchewan now using Skyforest and they're they're a great client to work with because they're very demanding they they really put our our data through the ringer in the sense that they collect hundreds of validation plots and check it and they give us the feedback on it right and um and they say you know it'd be really helpful if you could do this and we go oh I think we can do that and we, we've had really good clients that way too we've said you know here's a problem we're trying to solve and then we solve it for them and there's a new product. So now we have like a whole suite of, right. of things we're doing. And that's because of the great clients we've had um, who, uh, you know, keep pushing us to, to push the information we can extract out of force. Like, for example, Kevin, now with satellites alone, I can tell you how many steps it takes for a man to walk 15 meters in the forest to a plus or minus two steps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So a whole whole set of new questions that are being raised by absolutely. by foresters. Yeah. So maybe for our listeners, um, uh, Skyforest is a patented technology. Maybe uh, to the extent that you can share, of course. Maybe can you describe, you know, what's going in? You've got the secret sauce, and then what's coming out, so our foresters can relate yeah. and go, okay, uh, what's what's Phil giving me? Like BA height, species, etc. Yeah, all of those things. So what we did was we we. It's really, if you can think of it, Kevin, like processing technology. So it's a, it's a suite of algorithms that can you know, automatically grab satellite data, whether commercial satellite data or, or, or open source satellite data like from the national space agencies. Uh, like we've done projects where we've grabbed data from 13 different satellites, um, both optical and, and synthetic aperture radar. Okay. And then it goes into this big blender. Um, and I guess you, you could kind of look at it and we mentioned this, I think you and I have talked about this in the past. We try to look at information on forest the way, uh, not the traditional way the forest industry looks at forest resource inventory, but the way miners think of mineral resources. Because they start off with an inferred resource, which is a very low level of confidence, an indicated resource, which is a little more, and a measured resource, which is a little more. Right. And then they go to reserves and they have probable reserves, which you know is, is confident enough to decide to sink a mine shaft, and then proven reserves. And you know, I think we've had a habit in the forest industry and governments uh, that manage forests to, to go right for the most highly confident one, the proven reserve. But there's a huge need for a lot of our clients have needs for just where's the forest? Is it big trees or small trees? Right. Or hardwood or softwood, right? So then we can take, we can grab those satellites and we can throw that information together for them very quickly over huge areas very cheaply. And then we have other clients, um, like our government clients that want the highest degree of confidence they want quadratic mean diameters tree heights right. stem counts species hardwood softwood the terrain we can give them 
uh, we have an alternative terrain model to LIDAR. So that's, um, we can give them uh, a quite accurate digital terrain model. So you, you know, it's, it's great. It's not as accurate or precise as LIDAR, but it's a fraction of the cost. Yep. Um, and, uh, um, and so that's uh, also something we give them. And that is forming part of the Saskatchewan uh, provincial uh, terrain um, uh, you know, base. Yep. So we can give them all that depending on what they're asking for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, absolutely. And, and we've had clients that have us go back and redo stuff every year because, you know, there's a satellites are taking a picture of every tree on the planet every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. either with radar or with optical. And, you know, so why wait 10 years or 15 years till the next or 20 years in some cases? I mean, there's parts of Canada where governments haven't inventoried since the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. We can give kind of the inferred resource there really quickly. Okay. Yeah. You don't need to be the proven reserve. If you know, there's no um, industry, there's no, there's no logging. There's no need for the the, the timber, but you still want to know kind of what's there. So like, that's why I'm saying you can, you've got all these different approaches you can use. Yeah. Well, you you make a great point because I think back to some people I've talked to and when you look at forestry in Canada and how, uh, how much it contributes to GDP and you really, then ask the question, how much money is invested into, to your point, understanding the inventory. And as you just mentioned, some things are back in the 60s. It, it really is staggering in terms of it's it's a major um, piece of the, the Canadian economy. And yet, in certain aspects, the, the investments, if you will, just aren't being made there. And, and on your point on the satellite side, the, the whole EO space has kind of exploded. Even when you look at hmm. you know the landscape, there's whole communities um, that are venture back now, companies uh, going public through... Um, SPACs, special purpose acquisition vehicles. And, and so, you know, in the geo world, like those are things that are just fascinating to me because it's not things we thought about before, but there's definitely a lot of momentum there. So, right. so thinking of Skyforce, and it's great to hear you doing the Saskatchewan thing. You know, I've watched them, they've been kind of grilling all the different technologies. So I think that's a testament that they've chosen FRMG and Skyforce to deliver that inventory. That's got to mean something, um, right? Are you seeing that those successes kind of uh, flow into other provincial jurisdictions or other countries for that matter? Yeah, yeah we are seeing, we are seeing it a little bit, but I, I will say that the, the general, I mean, this is a, this is a challenge that uh, you and I have spoken about. And I think it became very clear to me when we were in Helsinki together um, is the attitude towards forest technology in Canadian governments versus other jurisdictions. And, and to give you an example, I got some statistics here for, for your listeners, uh, Kevin. Um, Finland has a population of five and a half million um, and uh, has an $11.5 billion forest sector. Okay, so just to compare to Ontario, um, Ontario has, uh, has um, 14 million people. Now the forest technology component of the Finnish forest sector, 20 million euros in software and data, 50 million euros in web services for forest managers and owners, and 1 billion euros in intelligent machinery. So you've got, um, you know, a total of, uh, you know, over a billion euros or, you know, maybe, you know, pushing two billion Canadian dollars right. in, um, in forest technology in a country with a population of five and a half million. Yeah. What, what are we spending? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So like how many guys like you and me are, are there in the forest technology sector in Canada? Like we're nowhere near a billion euros. We're nowhere near 50 million. Well, we might across the country we might hit $50 million. And I think the reason Kevin, is that the, the provinces, uh, not all of them, fortunately, but they generally have a sense that uh, they are the guys that have to develop the technology and deploy it. Right. Okay? 
Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at the Ontario government. They've just committed to a hundred million dollar single photon lidar acquisition over a ten year period. Now, let me ask you, Kevin, how many people do you know that have a ten year cell phone contract? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, a fair point. A fair point. Okay. And why would you commit to a technology for ten years? Well, well yet alone two years, right? Like two years well, on a technology run. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's, absolute, it's insanity, and, and you know they're 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 determined. That's how they're going to do it. You know, and slam the door. You know, and and so. Um, but so but what do you what do you think what do you think where do you think that came from is that just the big government engine that you know people listening across the world would say yeah it's still that's the same as you know, us here and there, certainly there's pockets, uh, you know, Scandinavia, obviously they've been a, a, a force with, uh, with their investments in force. You know, I think it's, um, I think Kevin, it's, it's a cultural thing that, um, you know, we, we, we spent a lot on, uh, on government science and we actually had uh, one government uh, scientist uh, works in, in the space you and I are in come to us and say, look, uh, you know, I don't want you to use my name. I'm doing you a favor here, but you got to know that you're seen as competition to us yeah. as government, right? So I think what you've got is you've got some empire building going in the governments and they wanna own these technologies and they wanna, they wanna grow them and they're completely missing the point, completely missing the point, which has become very clear with, with the pandemic with our inability in Canada to manufacture vaccines. Right, right. But if you haven't got a vibrant high-tech private sector, you, you're not there to solve problems. And you look what's going on in the world, um, Kevin, the massive, mega trends going on in forestry, right? You've, you've got um, movement, people are moving away from plastics. Like how many times now when you get a package in, order a package, does it come with crumpled craft paper rather than, you know, styrofoam? Yeah, absolutely. Paper, right? Yeah. The plastics, more emphasis, emphasis on endangered species, on deforestation, more global competition, uh, new building standards, you're getting the taller buildings uh, made out of wood, uh, more public concern over the state of the forest, Climate change and yep. forest role and getting you know billions of trees planted and reforestation, you got a lot happening. Does the government really think that that, that a few government labs can can solve all those problems? Like, you know, they need guys like you and me to develop these technologies, and they should be instead of using their funds to just pick their own, they should be you know making sure that 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 the technology sector is able to solve those problems, right? And and you know what pays off? Finland has 2% of the world's forests. The, the, the market capitalization of the forest, forest industry from Finland is 20% of the global total. Uh -huh. Canada has 20% of the world's forests and 2% of the market capitalization. So what are we doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some good questions there. And needs to have a have a look there so uh, lots there definitely i i got a i got a theme there that i want to poke you a little bit i often joke uh, uh you know me well enough others uh, like to kind of poke the bear and, and vice versa expect the same all right Jack, um, kevin you usually poke the bear when we're having a beer so. absolutely absolutely for sure and, uh, in some foreign country in the middle uh sometimes nowhere but that's cool uh, so thinking that skyforce like I, I find it fascinating like as we kind of said at the start there um, you and I were on a Canadian um, trade mission 
uh, forestry technology. We were in uh, Helsinki, Finland. Super cool. It was part of um, NRC uh, National Research Council. Uh, IRAP was was organizing it with the uh, Global Affairs and Canadian Trade uh, Commissioner Service, and, and a bunch of us. I think there's about twelve of us. Uh, anything from uh, you know technology to to new materials and products. We we ended up in Hel- Helsinki there, uh, but something came from that, right? Like uh, on our side, we we tried to build partnerships. Um, uh, maybe we're not as uh, smooth at figuring out how to do it, um, but something came out of that trade mission. Wondering, uh, t- tell me about it because I'm equally fascinated to learn about. It. I, I think it's called Fire Fringe, and yeah, yeah. So we started a collaboration with uh, two Finnish companies, uh, Arvin and Aramander. Um and uh, so we created a we created a company, a joint venture company called Fire Fringe, um, and uh, so we're continuing to work on on that. And uh, you can download the app on iOS or, or Android or, or even Huawei. Um, it's, uh, we're about to release a new version. So wait, wait a couple of days, you'll get the latest and best. And so what, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to um, uh, use our skills with satellites um, to help people uh, get really up-to-date information on forest fires. Okay. And so what we're using is we're, we're showing detections of forest fires um, around the world. Um, and then in Canada, where we have more information, we're providing a bunch of other a bunch, a bunch of other data, the fire perimeters, which is the, you know what we call it fire fringe. Yeah. Um, we do have a, a across Canada. We've, we've inventoried all of Canada just in terms of hardwood softwood, um, and so that uh, that hasn't been released on the app yet, but um, you know that's that's coming. Um, so that, because that's a huge uh, influence on. Um, on the uh on your um, you know how fires spread right okay um so we have that kind of information on there we, we developed a platform uh last year kevin um and uh, it had a lot more information we, we were showing the burn intensity um after the burn and during the burn like so you could see how hot it was burning in places and you could see uh, but we ran into some um, some issues with that with the actual web platform and so we put that one on hold for the time being until we try and resolve those issues i mean like i say you know you're always taking two steps forward one step back when it comes yep. to technology mm-hmm. and um and so we're, we're taking a little or a little rethink on that but we've kept the the app going and uh, we're the app is giving us great feedback uh for what kind of things people are looking for and uh stay in that space so i would say you know that's that's still a, a bit of an R and D project. Um, the, the real outcome of it is is the app, but where we really hope to play a space, uh, like the basic information, it boils down, uh, Kevin, to inventory again. A lot of the times when people, um, you know, when there's a big, it's funny talking to our Finnish partners. You know, they say, well, you know, we have a three hectare fire, and I say in Canada that's a campfire. You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know, I mean, we, you know, we have half a million hectare fires and just, their eyes go pop out of their heads, right? Yeah. Um, but to manage those fires, you need to know what's on the ground, right? And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and, and you said, Phil, that that app's free for anyone to download free for anybody. to yeah. access. Very, very cool. Absolutely. And and you mentioned Arbonaut. Uh, they have a long history on Finland in terms of innovation. We'll, I'll probably speak with uh, their CEO at, at some point type of thing. Uh, but one of the key things I, I like about that story is the partnerships at play. So thinking of our listeners, foresters, um, uh, listening to this podcast, the series, hearing about different technologies, some of them they're interested in, some maybe not so, and, that, and that's cool. Uh, but getting people together and working in that right way, you know, you mentioned 
getting good feedback from customers and users, stakeholders. So, so working with that finished partner, how uh, was there a secret sauce there to make sure the partnership was kind of firing on, on cylinders you could share with someone saying, Hey, I want to reach out to, to fill an FRMG, but they're, they're in Canada and I'm in, I'm in somewhere else. I'm worried about, you know, how we could operate any, any pro tips on that? Oh, I mean, I, I gotta say, I, I gotta give, um, you know, I've said some probably derogatory things about some of our governments, uh, but I, on the federal government's uh, global affairs, uh, national trade and the national research council did a phenomenal job connecting us um, yeah. with Finnish forest technology entrepreneurs. And I was impressed how many there were, uh, I think you were, I mean, I remember the first day we landed, we're at a reception of the Canadian ambassadors. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Condo, and I was trying to stay awake, you know, after a transatlantic flight and then a flight from, I think it was from Munich, you know, to. Yeah, I think you were on the three hopper, weren't you? I was, I might yeah. have been on the four hopper, yeah. <laughs> so I was just probably my eyes open with, with uh, toothpicks, but, uh, you know, they had us mingling with forest technology entrepreneurs right from the, from the Sunday evening to the Friday afternoon of that week. And so we had a lot of opportunities and, and um, I'd said to the uh, Canadian trade commissioner there um, what we were kind of interested in. He said, I'm going to make some introductions for you. So we had the introductions before we got there. And uh, um, we just started chatting about some of the things we could do. I mean, they're, they're very active in the LIDAR space mm-hmm. uh, and have been all around the world. And, and I should say, you know, for your listeners, that Skyforest is, is not necessarily an alternative to LIDAR, but complementary to LIDAR. And you know that because some of our Skyforce data, our clients that have LiDAR are using our Skyforce with your, your platform. And they've yep. got some great results by combining the two. And uh, I, I think that's something you and I need to explore. Uh, preferably over another beer somewhere between <laughs> Ottawa and Toronto. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, so we just got talking about some of the things we could do. And uh, we had a pretty good idea. Um, uh, it initially wasn't focusing on forest fires. Uh, but by the time we got all the uh, the funding arrangements in place, we decided to meet in Reykjavik, as a, as I could get there with one, you know, without having to Very jump. Cool. And he yeah, got yeah. he got the Reykjavik the same way. So we met in the Canadian Embassy in Reykjavik, and uh, we sort of brainstormed a list of things where we thought we'd be most able to collaborate. And fires came up very high. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, that's sort of how that got started. So, 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 so I guess the burning question I have right now, no pun intended, that like we have an embassy in in Reykjavik. We do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I learned something new. Small, like you know, it's it's uh, it's basically you know the size of a two bedroom apartment. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's I, kind I, of weird because you go there and there's these massive, heavy, you know, two inch thick glass doors, and, and you know you've got to go into an airlock between the two doors. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you get through that airlock, you're in Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally weird there. So, uh, yeah. So, so I think you, you, you hit on a point that's great that I'd like to explore a little bit since uh, uh, folks may be thinking about it. You made the comment, you know, LIDAR, um, single photon LIDAR. Obviously, uh, again, you and I have been around the block long enough. There's area-based approaches. There's individual trees. Um, I think you're positioning well, Skyforce, as, look, don't, if you're trying to get down to like really in the weeds, maybe Skyforce isn't great, but I can answer a lot of other great questions that, that I agree are, are, are very important to uh, inventory. So maybe thinking about that, uh, listeners that go and think, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm on the LiDAR bandwagon now, I don't need this. Um, maybe share some of your experiences in terms of your views on ABA and ITC, and maybe in some cases where where those may not be answering some of the questions, Forsters and, and specifically in the context sure, yeah. of inventory. I mean, 
the area-based approach, uh, Skyforce compared to that is, is quite comparable. I mean, our mean squared errors are a little higher. Um, uh, they are they are definitely a little higher, but but I mean a little higher. I mean, so if, if you look at the price uh, accuracy equation, you know we're, we're sort of on the on the uh, way lower price and a little a little less accuracy, but 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 not a lot. So for if the type of inventory you need is area based, uh, Skyforest is uh, is a really good alternative. And that's well, so let me let me jump in quickly. When you say like way less and like like we talking half a uh, quarter. Yeah, probably eight. closer. Probably closer to a quarter. Okay, so big, big, like not even big. Like that's that's a huge. Uh, yeah. Difference so, like in price. so where we're positioning ourselves, if you've got you know millions of hectares to do, uh, and you want you know, you might still want to fly lidar every ten years. Right. But there's a lot happens in ten years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, a lot <laughs> happens in one year for that. A lot matter. happens in one year, right? You know, and. Uh, and like I say, we've got clients where we're doing annual updates over millions of hectares now, right? And yeah. uh, and sometimes because I call them up, says, "Hey, we got a new, we're tapping into a new satellite, and I can do this now." It says, "Okay, do it again," you know, right? Because um, they just want that, they just want to know what's there, and um, you know, we're getting down to like five meter, five meter resolution uh, yeah. on some yeah. some of the products. So, yeah. Yeah. but um, Phil, I need individual trees. It's like, yeah. you no, know, I need that. Like, so I I can't work with you. I need individual trees. What? Well, there's cases where you do. Like if you're in Southern BC and each stem is worth fifteen thousand dollars, I'm gonna tell you you need some good land. <laughs> right. 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 Because because that then you've got really high value timber. If you're if you're in the boreal and you've got, you know, you know, everlasting hectares of black spruce, white spruce, and, and jack pine, maybe a bit of red pine then and some poplar birch, then you know, do you really need that, right? You need to know are these are these 17 meter trees or 25 meter trees and and uh, and you know and, and what's the volume per hectare you know you're getting 100 cubic meters per hectare 150 you know that's that's kind of what you want to know right because when you get in there and log you're logging stands you're logging um um you know and fairly small stands I mean, we automate we automate the stands so we have, we have algorithm sky stands to do the automatic stand, stand delineation and 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 they love that you know industry and government because it, it tells them you know, here's a patch of trees that are this size and and and, and this species and and uh, um, this density and, and and that's that's as good as most of them want to know. But mm -hmm. clearly, there's cases where you want individual tree crowns. And you know, we have a shared client, and you know this is they 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 put some of our data on top of the lidar data, and I'm not quite sure what they did inside your software, but they love the result. They get mm -hmm. they get phenomenal accuracy out of that. So. Um, so, you know, it depends uh, exactly what you're trying to achieve. And that's why I say it's not necessarily, they're not necessarily alternatives. I think that what will happen with single photon lighter, Kevin, is there's going to be tremendous opportunity for Skyforce because that's going to be static for a long time. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, you know, marrying different data sets together. Uh, I don't want to go so far as to say like fusion, data fusion. There's all the buzzwords uh, that have come and gone, but, but the complementary nature of different techniques and methods and data, definitely. I think there's, there's digital foresters out there realizing that there's value there. And, and, and one of the things I always, uh, when I talk with people is it, it's not a, a do it once and then, and then forget about it. It's, it's a journey. And so often people I talk to is just take one step forward, pick something, start it, recognizing that there's going to be a phase two, phase three, phase four, right. just as, technology changes knowledge changes and, and and instead of just waiting for that perfect thing it's mm -hmm. like do something and, and learn from it and uh versus 
waiting and letting the world go by. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, so thank you to Skyforce Firefringe, both those products, anything else on the pipes in terms of like, there's a pattern there Earth observation, as I said, there's a whole industry. We got satellites with wood going up there. Things are launching, you know, you know, dove size. There actually, actually is a company that's, that's trying to launch a wood satellite. Yep. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. It's pretty darn cool. I mean, it'll yeah. burn up nicely when it re-enters the atmosphere. So yeah. I don't know whether safety is a factor in that decision. Well, I mean, where where we're headed, I mentioned we've got a we've got a Canada-wide inventory, and, and this is something we're you know we're wondering about is is um, you know, do we just make that available? People, you know, you, you just go in, you put in a shape file or you, you draw your polygon and and download uh, download the inventory for that area. I mean, that's something that we're uh, we're contemplating doing and uh, um, uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, it may not be the proven reserve, sort of use my mining analogy, but it would certainly be uh, probably at least a measured resource, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that, uh, I think that would have a tremendous number of applications. So we're, we're looking at that and we're looking at some inventory areas where it's, it's very high, uh, refresh rates. I mean, uh, weekly, um, kind of information. Um, so that's something that we're, we're, we're looking at we, where our species product is now, um, um, it's in production and it's, it's in, you know, we're doing, our, I guess you might call it, um, you know, we have our, we have commercial contracts to do that, um, in Western Canada. So we're, we're now mapping, um, the major boreal species and a few others. Uh, um, and so that's something that we hope to be, uh, uh, expanding. And that's a great example. You know, if you've got, if you've got good LIDAR data, um, you know, why not add on, the species composition of that with, with satellite data, right? With Skyforce, so that's where the two can can work can work nicely in common. Or you can do the whole thing with uh, with the Skyforce. So your Skyforce, you're driving beyond the the broad species grouping of uh, hardwood yeah. software. You're you're going down one level, family level, or even or even yeah yeah. So it's it's pretty good at uh, sort of if you look at you know spruce pine fir um, and then balsam poplar and uh, you know and birch like it it. it it does that very well. Um, some of the other species, uh, you know, larch and so on, it's it's pretty good. But uh, you know, when you get into um, you know sort of some more southern regions, you know, where you've got 15 species, well, then it starts to that starts to get pretty difficult. So we tend to just say other hardwood and other other conifer, right? Right. Um, you know, you right. just you know you've you've got only so many bands in the satellite, so um, you don't extract so much information, but. You know, so if you get 75, 78% accuracy, um, that's uh, that's pretty good on a pixel, pixel by pixel basis, which is sort of what we're what we're seeing. Um, and uh, so that's something we're you know we've been working on that for for a couple of years now. We're just we're just uh, rolling it out to our first clients who know we're they're our first clients, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're, yep. they're the yeah. Whether they're sometimes early adopters are awesome, right? They recognize yeah. the role. Oh, yeah. and- they, you need, yeah. you need, it's, it's great when in this business when you've got some clients who are early adopters yeah absolutely absolutely give and take there right they're gonna hound you with asks and often in the free category but what better way to to validate product market fit oh, there? absolutely yeah. yeah yeah so so i was curious thinking you made a comment earlier in the podcast and i wanted to explore that uh, i guess as we as we look at the third part of our our our, our discussion as we look to winding down you made the mention about carbon and, 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 and so I'm curious because definitely at the broad scale, you know, as we talk about commercial forestry, uh, you know, integrated forest companies and uh, carbon's obviously at play there. Um, 
whether you just do 50% of uh, above ground biomass to get to a carbon value there. But there's a lot happening out there in terms of building carbon trading exchanges driven by remote sensing, artificial intelligence, whether machine learning or deep learning and whatnot. What, what are you seeing on the Canadian landscape uh, and, and how, because you mentioned you're kind of playing in that space and doing some of those estimates and and, and that trade. Uh, what are your views on that? Like, where, where are we, I guess? Uh, I guess I'm curious to say, where are we in today's uh, stage? Well, that's an interesting question, Kevin. And, and uh, I think I think the dust is still settling a little bit on that. But we're seeing, uh, um, you know, since that paper came out in Science Magazine about two years ago, saying that if you planted two, I think it's two trillion trees, was the was the amount of calculation. I actually had a great Zoom conversation with a scientist who was the lead author on that paper a few months ago. Very interesting uh, man. Um, that if you planted two trillion trees, you would be able to to absorb something like 50%, uh, that's not the exact number, but uh, uh, of the carbon uh, CO2 that's ever been emitted um, through industri- since, since industrialization. Um, of course, we're still pumping it out, so that's not a permanent solution, but it buys you some time. Uh, and then, of course, Davos had the two trillion, through the Davos uh, World Economic Forum meeting uh, last year, and it came up as a result of that with the two trillion tree um, uh, commitment. And since then, there's been a lot happening. I mean, we're seeing more and more um, companies who are interested, who've got you know, environmental and social governance uh, uh, programs and are, are trying to get more uh, tree planting going on to sequester carbon. Um, so we're, we're, we're actively involved in, in developing some of those uh, projects. And then there's the government, the Canadian government has announced a $2 billion uh, tree mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, program. Um, they, they're... You know, they're, they're, they're a little slow, uh, given the promise was made, I think, in, in 20, 2018. Um, or was it 2019, the last election? Well, well, I think they're a little slow on multiple fronts, but we'll, yeah, we'll, well, we won't go there. <laughs> because, you know, to get the trees planted, you know, you, you should have had the seedlings in the nurseries uh, three months ago to yeah. get them planted in 2022. So, you know, that probably means that realistically there's not going to be many trees going into the ground until 2023. Um, and it won't be it won't be a billion, but uh, nevertheless, <clears throat> there's that going on. We're the largest uh, uh, private land planter for uh, for Ontario. We're planting half a million trees for them this year. Okay. Um, that's all, and that's all with, with you know the notion of reforestation and carbon sequestration. So we we work with those landowners. So we have a whole division that, that focuses just on that. And it's interesting that 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 division of our company ties together our forest management and our sky forest, uh, because, um, you know, the sky forest is really useful there in terms of identifying land to, um, that may be eligible for planting. You still got to go talk to the landowner, of course, but you can, you can, you can filter out a lot of land that you don't want to look at. Um, yeah, and that's a good that's a good point that that you are a land manager and you are using your you're drinking your own Kool Aid. You're you're using Skyforest, your own technology in your day to day. Oh yeah, like our foresters use Skyforest to manage those eight million hectares. I mean, right. that's that's what they do, and and to me, that's the best incubator you can have. Yeah, right. Our own people use it for our own work, and they come up with really cool ideas. Um, and then we you know, say to our clients, hey, what do you think of that idea? And, and, and often it turns into a product, right? So, but it also means um, it innovate, it's, 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 it's very creative innovation, but, it, but it, it helps us get to know our own, you know, our own cooking and, right. uh, and improve on it. So we're using that in the, um, in the carbon space where we've got some work to do there uh, because it's, it's evolving so quickly, that whole space. Um, but uh, that's a big 
push of our R&D program, we've got uh, we've got a very strong uh, technical group of yeah. you know, people with PhDs in, in remote sensing and, and other advanced degrees, and so they're they're always uh, they're always trying to pump out new products in our in our innovation pipeline. Yeah, and and carbon is part of that focus now. Yeah, well, one of the thoughts I had uh, maybe on a future podcast, I might invite a couple other players, maybe from. Uh, other spaces, you know, still, still EO, but uh, maybe coming from the VC world um, and, and just kind of have a round table discussion, cross fertilize and, and see what the state of the art is. Um, I guess as we're looking to wind out, I'm curious, because obviously with Skyforce, Skyfringe, or Firefringe, there's a, a strong EO component, analytics, uh, you know, probably some cloud processing, maybe on-prem, but from a trends point of view, share share with me, I guess, uh, uh, you know, uh, with your CEO hat on and our listeners, uh, what trends are you seeing uh, coming in the, the next year? I, I won't say 10 years because we've already said that's yeah, too yeah. far out, but one year, three year time frame. what do you see coming? What would you like to see coming? So I think what's uh, two big trends I see, Kevin, is, uh, you know, the whole the whole planet through Earth observation is being transformed into one uh, giant geodatabase. Uh, there was a while in the early days of Skyforce, we could keep track of the satellites that were being launched. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very hard to do. I don't remember, you know, when I was younger, I'd, I'd look up at the night sky when I was up north and, you know, once in a while you'd see a satellite and you'd think, wow, I was lucky. I saw now you lie down on the dock at the cottage and you look up at the night sky and you only got to wait five minutes till you see a satellite yeah. fly overhead, right? Or, or you see a bunch of Starlinks uh, yeah, uh, I mean, going by. Yeah. Astronomers are starting to complain about that. You know, that's you guys right. are mucking up our, our view here. Um, so I think that's a trend, and, and it's such a trend that uh, you know you've got uh, you've got uh, Bezos, Bezos, and um, you know, and, and Elon, Elon Musk investing in, in rocket technology to get even more satellites into space. So I think you're going to see that it's the second big data revolution. The first one was the internet. The second one's going to be the Earth observation because you, as I say, you can pretty literally take a picture of everything on the planet every day, and it's it's geo information. So that's the first trend. And the second trend I think is uh, related to um, uh, you know, broader mega trends related to uh, uh, climate change, uh, people's concern for the environment, the transformation of the forest sector. Uh, I think it's a hugely bright future for for the forest sector in the next uh, in the next decade at least. Certainly, the next you look at the price of lumber, that's just one of the indicators. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a going to get huge attention. Everything from biomass, you mentioned biomass, the protection of species, to reforestation. Um, climate change uh, to new products, you know, like, the, like they can make computer screens now out of chemicals extracted from uh, from timber, right? Well, I saw they made glass basically, like. For, oh yeah, you can make yeah. you can take wood. I learned I saw something. You can take a piece of wood, and if you put the right stuff on it, you can make it transparent. Yeah, it's totally cool. It's it's amazing. really amazing. So so those are the two big trends, and I think they're gonna they're gonna fuse, Kevin. And you know, I think uh, innovation is going to be key to dealing with these trends and, and winning some of the competitive battles that are that are that are going to come out so that, that's that's what i would say yeah very cool very cool thanks for sharing that so um you know as we wind down i always like to ask uh, some some uh lighter mood questions uh, i won't poke at your toronto maple leafs at all uh uh since no, I, I don't worry i'm not a toronto maple leafs okay well there 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 you I, go i was cheering them you know when they i want the my age but a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely so uh, it's just like me and my Ottawa setters I keep cheering and, and hopefully uh once I've gone completely gray-haired I, I, I've got some good I'll give you a clue my wife's from Montreal ah yes yes got you 
Gotcha. Go, go halves. I know some of our other speakers are like, oh, I don't know. Uh, no, I just can't do it. Uh, so, so thinking of uh, something I want to ask, because I, I know you're, you've got multiple doing the force management, you're, you've got a technology company, you know, you're a CEO, you're, you're thinking about macro things and whatnot. Um, one thing I'm curious, because we've talked about carbon, we talked about climate, and I think you might be a great guy to answer again with your CEO hat on is um, crypto. Bitcoin is in the news right now, I guess really mm -hmm. any crypto and then the costs of mining um, those cryptocurrencies. And I, and I remember I, I was up uh, in northern Alberta and uh, uh, there's a lot of surplus in energy, uh, you know, as things were going through their life cycle, uh, there's things, you know, they could burn for energy, uh, cogen and whatnot. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Have you heard anything as you're talking to people about uh, renewables and energy on, on forestry and how it could potentially play in crypto? Because like El Salvador recently, you know, it's a volcano that's going to power mining. I think they're the first ones to vote in legislation, uh, Bitcoin as legal tender. And again, right. not financial advice. I'm not saying this is the way the world's going. Who knows? But mm -hmm. for me, it's like, you know, if we're talking about energy, like forestry and forest products and forest oh, yeah. residuals. I mean, it's it's going to be huge. I think, you know, the, the use of the biomass for, um, for eating purposes. I mean, it, but you raise an interesting point about cryptocurrency. The energy consumption needs are, are, are massive. And I think people are going to start, are starting already to worry about that. You know, how much money it costs to mine, how much energy it takes to mine the cryptocurrencies. But there is one interesting connection is, um, you know, these non-tundra, uh, non-fungible tokens that yep. been, you know, selling NFTs, yeah. uh, and that's based on you know blockchain technology and cryptocurrency and, and i'm wondering starting to wonder whether you're going you're to start to see a fusion between that and earth observation data because what it could mean is you could get an image of some kind or some you know some geospatial product and turn it into a non-fungible uh, i can't say the word an um, nft yeah uh... uh, and, and and turn it into an nft and then you, you, you know, that is now yours, like it's not anybody else's. So I, yeah. I'm starting to wonder whether you're going to see a fusion of, of, of blockchain chain technology and earth observation or, or other, you know, remote sensing type of products. That, that's something I've been pondering. Yeah, well, well, you definitely know me long enough, you know, back in the, the day, no one pretty, uh, you know, some, I, I, I might dare say a lot some folks uh, laughed me off the stage at times. And uh, truthfully, now I'm looking out. 10 years. And I think you're bang on. There's going to be a lot of change coming, um, you know, as a workforce uh, ages, younger people coming in, they're just by default receptive to new technologies. But, uh, you know, this whole web 3.0 thing um, is going to be really interesting uh, to, to play. So, uh, and we'll see, we'll see where the go world goes. But I, I think if anything, the pattern I'm seeing is that uh, forestry is becoming more and more um, important on multiple domains, aspects, um, right. and it's a renewable. So hey, it makes sense to me. So um, Phil, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they reach your LinkedIn website, Twitter? Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to post here. Uh, as you can see that I changed that, yep. uh, Kevin, or just try to get yep. out of the way. But uh, there's, there's, you can get us frng.ca or skyforest.ca. Those are the easiest ways to, um, to reach us. And, connect buttons there or phil.green at frmg.ca would be the two ways. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to tell your listeners how to reach me, uh, Kevin. Yeah, no worries. Absolutely. I think, you know, there's some really cool stuff here. So definitely the Digital Forester podcast uh, people reach out to Phil. Uh, if you have any questions, follow up. Uh, you know, when I think about fire, I can think of multiple parts 
around the globe where they're doing different techniques and technologies, methods that hey, having an EO solution might help. And again, I think the messaging is clear that, um, you know, collect the data, you know, drive decisions with data. And, you know, let's not forget there's a human component here that humans can interpret the data and make decisions on what to do about it. Uh, you know, objective, repeatable analytics are good, but, but there is that human factor um, per se, and hence why we're not at that point of singularity either, but I won't go down that path of AI. Phil, thanks so much for, for joining. I really appreciate you carving out some time to, to talk to me. As I said, you know, when we, we, we synced up, it was kind of that joke of like, man, it's, I think, you know, it might've been Finland the last time, uh, uh, you know. Well, we I think we should get together now, now that we're opening up a little bit, some, somewhere in between Ottawa. Absolutely. No, I look forward to that opportunity. So thanks again for sharing your time and sharing your thoughts and, and ideas and wisdom with the community. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do this again uh, in the, in the, in the future. I really enjoy it, Kevin, and I, and I want to thank you for your generosity. Awesome. Good stuff. Thanks, Phil. Talk soon. Bye.